0: I don't believe in free speech. Free speech. I don't believe in free speech. free speech. I can't stand what they teach. Free speech. I don't believe in free speech. free speech.
1: I can't stand what they teach. I can't stand what they preach. I don't believe in free speech. Well, it's a new year, and... Oh, wait.
0: There's new problems out there.
1: There's new problems out there. It's a new year, new problems, um... They just executed the first uh, openly transgender person.
0: Do you know what state it was in?
1: Um, I forget. I think we, it was in the South. Wasn't it like
0: I, I Alabama think or something? Alabama was the state that had all the, um, the failed execution attempts. Oh,
1: was that Alabama or Georgia? Yeah,
0: that was Alabama.
1: Okay. Let's see. I'll look it up on my trusty phone. Um,
0: Oklahoma? Maybe?
1: I was in Missouri. 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 Yeah. Uh, Amber McLaughlin uh, died by lethal injection Tuesday night in Missouri. Uh, So a lot of people are all freaking out on Twitter and stuff because... Um, Amber McLaughlin is getting, you know, a lot of, a lot of compassion, a lot of attention. All the media focus is on, is on the, uh, you know, the perpetrator, not the victim.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: so I guess we should say, um, Amber McLaughlin was Scott McLaughlin transitioned into being Amber McLaughlin while in prison for brutally raping and murdering.
0: And stalk, after stalking, after stalking, stalking, yeah, his, and
1: I'm just going to say, I'm going to use the his pronoun when we're talking about the past things that, let's say she did as a man, because for reasons that we'll get into, I think it's very problematically misleading and sort of like historical whitewashing when you go back and use female pronouns for something that someone did as a man. Mm -hmm. I think that's totally misleading. And problematic. So we can get more into that. So and just, just throwing that out there for now is an explanation of the pronouns. So, you know, if somebody's listening, they're like, stop misgendering Amber. Well, I'm not because I'm talking about things that Scott McLaughlin did, not Amber McLaughlin.
0: I think people do that for Caitlyn Jenner. Like when they say like, they don't say like Caitlyn Jenner Let's, won the triathlon. Right. They Bruce Jenner or whatever. did, right.
1: Yeah. That's true, I guess, yeah. Um, well, okay, so Scott McLaughlin um, stalked... Uh, his girlfriend, uh, uh, whose name was, um, Beverly Gunther, I think I'm pronouncing that right, mm-hmm. G-U-E-N-T-H-E-R, stalked her to the point where, you know, she was getting like police escorts to her car after work, yeah. like really scary stalking, and finally caught up with her on her way home from work, and raped her and murdered her, and stabbed her to death like multiple, multiple, multiple times, and then dumped her body like down by the river or something. Um and this person was just executed and there's tons of people out there who only seem to care about the fact that this person was trans and let's you know how brave and noble to make this to make this transition and hold on and we're so glad you found your true you know that sort of thing we're so glad that you, you were able to find your your true self before the end Sheryl uh, Crow made a tweet, something like so that. So random. So glad you were able to find some peace at the end and find your true, uh, you know, find your true, your true self. You know, please, everybody, let's uh, let's make sure that we, you know, we afford we afford Amber the dignity she deserves. We can talk about all the details of the case. But I can I can state my feeling about this pretty clearly, um, which is that that's fine. But here's the thing, people, you have to afford that. I mean, this is great. This is like just this is good old fashioned, like Christian compassion, somebody who raped and murdered somebody in the most hideous way possible. Let's still try to find some compassion for this person. Let's not do the thing where like they're, you know, hanging Saddam Hussein and people are like screaming jeers and spitting at the person. You know, that's. That's like, you know, that's barbaric animal barnyard stuff. So mm-hmm. let's not do that. But my question is like, where are all you people with when all the like uh, just regular good old fashioned straight cis rapists and murderers are getting executed? You don't give a shit about those people. And that's my problem, you know, is that this this compassion is only for this these protected groups you know like if you're trans then let's all be compassionate and like make sure this person has their dignity right yeah um and that that's the problem that's i mean that's so that's such an obvious thing about we're just like jeering and spitting at people until suddenly they're like in our tribe and then and then we're like oh it's time for compassion and dignity and it's always time for compassion and dignity or you know, it's never time. Fuck them. You know what I mean? But you can't. You can't do. Both. I mean,
0: there are like there are moments before people are executed. I think like wh- what we read in that um, the article about the failed execution attempts in Alabama was that I mean they had prepared. Like those people just assumed that they were going to die, and there were like statements and stuff from people. Like in who were in the victims families and their statements from the family and everything. And they were sort of like a similar sort of like, you know, we're glad that this person is like finding peace and like they're we're glad that like, you know, whatever they did, because most people who are like on death row have done something like they're not just like, you know, over the not, I don't mean do done something like that to get them there. I mean, like once, since they've been in jail, they've done something to like redeem themselves in some sort of I way. I see what you mean. Like yeah. most people are in prison. Don't just do nothing. Like they form organizations. They join clubs. Like you have to do something cause you're in there.
1: Right. And you're trying so. to get parole, not to be cynical, but you know, you're trying well, to, yeah. trying to get parole. And that, that's right. And that was for, uh, uh, and so that was – yeah, because there's been a lot – there's actually been a lot in the news lately of execution, about executions, of the death penalty because, yeah, this thing – Alabama or Georgia, yeah. whichever one. There was like two was, or three
0: people where they tried to execute them and they just couldn't get the lethal injection correct or they couldn't find the vein or whatever. And so they just had to call them off. And I think the, the state uh, temporarily halted all executions because of this. And these were people who – um, I think all both of the the instances were inmates who had murdered um, one or more people uh, in order to like get. But and it was a while ago too. And the the article that I read pointed out the things that they had done since they were in since they were incarcerated. Like they, you know, did, you know. F- Converted to Christianity or whatever it is, and they like do clubs and stuff like that. So,
1: right, it was it was Alabama. You're right. This was back in like mid November. Yeah, the state actually, the state actually, upon failing to complete an execution for the third time, like this fall or something. Mm-hmm. They just, they had to temporarily halt it. But yeah. And it's like, it's horrific. You Can't even imagine the hell of like sitting on death row, knowing the exact minute that you're going to die in the first place. And then going through this, this process. And then, I mean, the descriptions like hanging, hanging tied to like a cross, basically <laughs> like ble- bleeding out and being stabbed multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just absolutely no excuse for that sort of, you know, just torture.
0: So we should just abolish the death penalty. Well,
1: there's that whole thing we can be talking about too. Like when I said, you know, I think you, you have to have compassion all around, I, I do, I was, and then I said, or not, you know, I, you know, I'm kidding about that part. Like I think that the, uh, you know, we just have to try to have that, you know, and the death penalty in general is just, so problematic i mean it's why we're like the last civilized country to, st- <laughs> to still mm-hmm. have this you know yeah. because for a lot of reasons because you know mainly two things which is that you know you can't it just doesn't work in any kind of an ethical system to murder people uh to be an to make an example to show that murder is wrong that doesn't work and second of all it's just there's just way too many incongruities uh, and discriminations within the justice system. You know, like O.J. Simpson didn't have to die because he was a celebrity and he had money well, and he they, was famous and people liked him and he had a nice smile, you know? Did it's they just, have the
0: death penalty in California when he was on trial?
1: Oh, I don't know. It's a good question. But I mean, there's plenty of other, even if not, there's plenty of examples of just like the, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people, would love, the wokesters would love to point out the racial disparities in, 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 in who gets the death penalty, you know, which yeah. I'm sure is totally true. You know, so that's just you just can't have, you know, that just doesn't work. So Um, but it is complicated, though, because on the other hand, you know, just incarcerating dirtbags for 60 years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sorry to put it that way, but some of them are, you know, let's not get too carried away here. You know, I mean, you know what? You can't just you can't just have like rapists and murderers just walking around. You know, you can't do that. So you either have to incarcerate them at, you know, at everyone else's expense for the rest of their life for decades or kill them, which also doesn't work.
0: I'm trying to see how many people have been uh, sentenced to death in the past, like 10 years. Mm. Wow. At least this is just a a fact. Uh, At least 190 people who were sentenced to death since 1972 have since been exonerated.
1: That's another reason to abolish the yeah. death penalty. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, exactly.
0: As April first, as of April first, twenty twenty two, there were two thousand four hundred and fourteen convicts on death row.
1: I mean, I personally knew uh, someone who was sentenced to death and and eventually executed. Will Morva, cause he was from Blacksburg. You know, in mm-hmm. fact, I was one of the last people to ever talk to him before he was arrested, which is kind of funny because. He was, you know, kind of going increasingly off the rails. and.
0: Uh, <laughs> was that before or after he committed the crime?
1: Oh, it was before. It turned out he had been—what um, he ended up—that was a crazy story. Uh, I can tell that story real quick. Um, <clears throat> well, so Will Morville was just this guy in Blacksburg that we all knew. He's a townie, just like the rest of us. And, um, you know, he just hung out in the same coffee shops, same bars— And, you know, basically there were lots of us like that, just basically kind of one step away from being homeless. And, uh, you know, just kind of, that was what Will was doing. He was just like kind of one step away from being homeless, couch surfing, crashing on people's couches. There was a period of time for like a couple of months, uh, six weeks at least where I was doing the same thing. I was like officially homeless. I had no place to live. It was just, I didn't know where I was going to sleep most days for like, six weeks you know and i'm just like i'll figure it out you know because really. i just you know everybody in town you know at that point you go down to the bars have some drinks you run into somebody and you go and and then you end up crashing on their couch or whatever i slept outside a couple times you know i'm not saying i would want to do that now but like the point is you know will once all this stuff came out like the, the media was you know they all described him as like that this this <laughs> This way that he was living, which was the same way that me and a bunch of other people were living, was like an obvious sign, you know? He was like, he'd gone completely off the rails, he was totally off the grid, he was walking around barefoot, sleeping on people's couches. I'm like, that's what we were all doing.
0: I hope you weren't walking around barefoot. What he ended up doing? That's how you get (laughs) ringworm.
1: He's gonna get hookworm. Hookworm. He ended up, uh, you know, taking it a step further, though, you know, like in his fight against the man, you know? He ended up robbing some, a couple of convenience stores. And, you know, I knew him and I think his, you know, thing was very much like he was just, he was just kind of above the system and convinced that he, you know, was going to be, he was just going to be smarter and wasn't going to be a chump and play Mm -hmm. by the rules. So he decided to rob a couple of stores at gunpoint and ended up getting arrested. And then once he was arrested, then they, they kept him like in, in jail, he couldn't afford bail. I don't think he was being held without bail. I think he probably for something like that, I think he probably just couldn't afford it. Um, and he just sat there in jail for like nine months. And he had like like some medical conditions that they just weren't attending to. And he just basically, once in jail in that environment, he just um went off the rails and uh and was convinced that he was gonna die in there and just got all of his anti-social, you know, violence and and hate of authority figures and all that kind of stuff. Just kind of just came to a head. And then this unbelievable thing happened, which is that he uh, faked a leg injury or gave himself a leg injury so that he would be taken to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And then at the hospital, he uh, told the guard he had to use the bathroom, went in the bathroom, unscrewed one of those toilet paper, the, the heavy toilet paper holders might have been the paper towel thing, but I'm pretty sure it was the like one paper of those metal holder. ones, the, the industry ones. Yeah, yeah, unscrewed it, took it out, and then told the guard he needed him to come in and help him get his pants on because he was chained, you know, he had like leg manacles on or whatever. And the guard comes in and he's like bent over to, um, you know, pull his pants up. And then Will hits him over the head and knocks him out with this thing, takes his gun.
0: Ugh, yeah, it's
1: like a movie, right? He's making his way out towards the back door, runs into an unarmed security guard. Shoots him in the face from two feet away while the security guard witnesses said is in like a posture of submission. He's like backing away, he's holding his head down, he's got his hands out, a posture of submission. And this is the point I've written about this. That's the point where no matter how many similarities anybody I knew or myself had with this guy, no matter how much you can understand and reach out and understand try to understand what's going on in that brain. Killing somebody execution style. That's the moment, you know, where what is it that separates people like that from everybody else? Shooting a man in the face from two feet away who's unarmed, you know, that's that's a moment, that's a line that, you know, most people could never cross. When all this media happened— um, you know, that was everybody was drawing that line very thick. He's a monster. He's a monster. And, and that's what you're used to hearing, you know, and it's you're just you're you're you hear about this in the news and you just yeah, these people are just monsters. But when you know a person, then you then then, of course, you know, well, this person wasn't a monster. They were like a, a kind of a normal person off the rails. The last time I talked to him in the coffee shop, he was, you know, he had, he was angrier and rantier by the day.
0: Mm-hmm. But like,
1: you know, I'm angrier and rantier by the day, too. <laughs> You know, and I remember sitting in the coffee shop. The last time I ever saw him, he was you know doing this thing, just ranting and ranting, and just annoying the shit out of everybody in the coffee shop. And I finally looked over at him and said, "Will, would you shut the fuck up?" And he goes, "What? You think it's cool, man? That like, like the fucking Native Americans are being like exterminated, and the government's fucking oppressing us?" And, and I was like, "No, no, no, Will, I I don't think it's cool. It's just like Jesus, man. Like you have to." So like, basically, what you're saying you led
0: him to I said,
1: "Well, I said to him." You know, you can't just sit around, like, bitching about this in a club. you got to do something, man. Do something about it. Mm-hmm. Now, I meant to start a podcast. <laughs> make a documentary film. He was actually really interested, if I recall. I mean, that's what he wanted to do, was go out west and, like, make a documentary film about Native American oppression. You know, I mean, obviously, I what I meant was do something productive take this you know this injustice that you're perceiving and this pain that you're feeling and channel it into something productive and useful for society and obviously that's not what he did and that is the difference sometimes between you know what what's the what's the what's the line between you know somebody who who channels that that rage into something productive, and somebody who is just undone by their rage, and becomes des- destructive. Uh, you know, you think I feel bad. Like uh, we also personally, we also <laughs> the guy, the Cho who 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 shot thirty two people and himself at Virginia Tech. You know that massacre. Uh, my friend was uh, had him in his philosophy class as a student in one of their last classes. He had like giving him, give him this whole lecture on like i think it was nietzsche and the will will and power to, to, oh my to gosh. Do he was like man i couldn't sleep for a month after that one <laughs> but you know anyway you so will shoots the security guard then shoots out the glass at the back door escapes into the woods down onto the huckleberry trail which we've walked on a million yeah. times and then there's this manhunt for like two or three days the whole town shut down, fucking helicopters everywhere, snipers on the roof, everybody's sitting out on Henderson lawn just talking about this, like, Jesus Christ, did you hear what happened? What the hell's going on? And then on the Huckleberry Trail at some point, all the cops are out there looking for him. Will then shoots and shoots a cop.
0: Oh, now gosh. this
1: time, like sneaks up, gets sneaks up behind one of the cops who's out there searching for him, shoots him, like I think in the back or something, or in the back of the head or something. I mean you know, and then the manhunt continues and then they finally and we were all just sitting there going, They're gonna they're gonna kill this guy, they're gonna kill him as soon as they find him. There's just there's no way they're not gonna kill him. And then somehow yeah. they didn't. I mean, Blacksburg police just like managed to arrest him. They found him just hiding in the brush. He was just on the Huckleberry Trail, like you know, right behind our house. <laughs>
0: well Blacksburg <laughs> police, are they prepared for something like that? Apparently. This?
1: I mean they, 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 they did they did an amazing job and they captured him, you know, without without killing him. Um, and, you know, then, of course, at that point, you know, then he was, um, they moved his trial to Abingdon, actually, I believe, Interesting. where we ended up living years later. Um, so he was hanging out across moved, the
0: street from our house.
1: Because they couldn't give him a fair trial. Yeah, actually, holy shit, that's the true. The courthouse, yeah, yeah. we lived right across from the courthouse. That's, I guess, where he was. Uh, and I didn't even think about that while we were there. Um, you know, and they figured they couldn't give him a, a fair trial in Blacksburg, so they moved it there and they sentenced him to death. But there was, you know, and at his trial, there was... There was evidence given about him, I mean, about him being clearly just psychologically completely unstable. His mm-hmm. mother, I think, you know, I remember her speaking to the media and saying something like, why is no one understanding that my son is mentally ill, you know? And everybody's like, we don't give a shit, lady. He fucking shot a cop. He's going to die, you know, which is basically what happened. So anyway, they ex- they they sentenced him to death and he sat on death row for quite a few years, maybe seven years or so and they executed him several years ago. And, uh, you know, I mean, so... You
0: talked to him before he died, or you talked to him before he was arrested? before, no, before he, he was
1: arrested. No, I never visited him in jail. Um, should have, should have, you know. But it's just one of those things, you know, when you know somebody, it's harder to draw that thick line. And I, you can see the uh, the need for compassion and all that, but at the same time, you know... You cross a line like that, then you, you know, you're out. You know, you can't just be, you can't, uh that can, the compassion can only extend so far. We can keep having compassion. There's no need to. So, for example, with Amber. Um, McLaughlin. 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 McLaughlin, whatever. McLaughlin. You know, yeah. We I don't, I don't feel like, you know, like, yeah. A lot of people are also out there, of course, dead naming her and. You know, just like spitting all over for being trans, like, you know, what you think you can put a wig on, and you know mm-hmm. like, this is a man. You can put a wig on, but you're still a man, and you're still a piece of shit, and you still deserve to die. That's not any worse, really, than people being out there in the, than, than people like falling all over themselves, like with too much compassion at the same time. Like this is a rapist and a murderer, It's a piece of shit. You know, this wasn't an accident and we can have compassion. I'm not out there dead naming dead naming her and calling her a piece of crap for being trans. I'm calling calling her a piece of crap for being a rapist and a murderer. But at the same yeah. time, you know, I'm just talking on this podcast here. I'm not, you know, I'm not <laughs> I mean I, I don't think it's necessary to pretend that this person is just like a beautiful soul who made a mistake. There it's okay to admit that some people some people just suck. You know? Well
0: that's that's the reason why they like they executed her and she didn't get a stay of yeah. whatever it's called. Right.
1: And a lot of people wanted that stay. Don't you understand that this person, yeah, they this claimed person that was she trans was abused and must have yeah, when yeah, she the, grew yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yes. I'm so glad you brought that up because yeah. that's the thing. A lot of people were out there saying, You have to understand this person was abused. And I'm going to everybody that's there has an excuse like that, a really good excuse. And when I say excuse, I mean that I mean like a reason. I don't mean excuse like, oh, you know, your excuses, whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean a reason. Like like (laughs) people generally you don't have to be as extreme as like somebody that's, you know, a murderer on death row. Just when you go down to the bar and they're that shifty piece of crap alcoholic who everybody's trying to avoid who keeps coming up and talking to you with this stale beer breath. You know, you think (laughs) there's no reason why he's like that? You You think he wasn't beat by his dad or constantly yelled at by his mother or cheated on by his wife or whatever, you know, picked on by the kids, you know, whatever it was, everybody has their reasons. Everybody's a beautiful soul. You know, I love that when you like you look at somebody like that. There was this like back in Blacksburg again. There are several, plenty of people like that. A couple people in particular who are both dead now, um, who were those kind of guys. You know, just like you know, basically just a menace to society. A public menace that you always had to deal with in bars, and violent, and just like harassing people. And there were so many people that were just falling all over themselves to say the following sentence, which I always had a problem with, which is that you look at somebody who is just based on their actions, they are a piece of crap. And then you say, but they're a good person. Well, (laughs) obviously, we're not defining being a good person by your actions and the kind of life you're living. What you mean is that there's some quality, some ineffable thing in you that makes you a good person. I think what they mean is this person is capable of being kind of nice sometimes. So I'm going to say they're a good person. And I think, you know, we need to get a little more serious, uh, a little more discriminating with our, our standards here.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I think. I get
1: it. I could
0: see how you could say that. And it could mean just like.
1: Just means they're nice sometimes. Like who's a bad person? No bad people, but Hitler, right? I mean, who is a bad person? Mm. Hitler was bad, okay. Anybody else? Stalin. Stalin was bad, okay. Anybody else? You know what I mean? Like what? What? What are the standards here? <laughs>
0: what
1: are the fucking standards here? Who's bad? What makes you a bad person? What about this person who was a rapist and a murderer and a stalker, but felt really bad about it, and they were abused as they were when they were a kid and they, it turns out they were trans, which is like more, more p- trauma and pain and confusion.
0: Yeah. Well, well it just depends you know, on does how that make, much...
1: Is she, is she a good person now? Yeah. And also, like, guess what? We all have pain and... You don't have to be trans. You know, being trans doesn't give you a monopoly on pain and trauma and confusion. Being a woman, despite popular opinion, doesn't give you a monopoly on suffering. Yeah. Believe it or not, men actually suffer a lot. <laughs> For for every for every moment you can point to in a woman's personal life or her marriage or her career, men can do the same things. You know, this poor woman was trapped in the home taking care of the kids while her husband was having a ball, working himself into an early grave down at the coal mine. Nobody mentions that second half. Anyway, we'll get to that when we talk about the Barbie documentary, which is coming up. <laughs> anyway, so that's that's the thing.
0: We haven't talked about the other trans person who was just arrested for murdering their, uh, murdering her dad and trying to murder her sister.
1: Nikki Secondino. And yeah. that's a good segue because, again, it's all about, like, okay, so in the case of Amber McLaughlin, uh, in that case, like, the trans thing was being made too much of an issue. And the people, on, like, there's these, whatever you call them, the hashtag, whatever is on Twitter... People are doing, like, say her name and not our crimes and stuff. Because the point being, like, say her name, his victim. Can Mm -hmm. anybody remember it? Beverly Gunther. (laughs) Not his name, her name, Amber McLaughlin, whatever. You know, say, put the focus on the victim. It's all about this person. So people, you know, people are saying that. And also not our crimes is basically women saying, we don't want him. (laughs) Don't say he's one of us. He's not one of us. It's like you know. It's like the Jehovah's Witnesses when like one of their guys goes wrong, and the Jehovah's Witnesses. Like, I used to work at the. I used to work at the. At, you know, you know, at a newspaper as a reporter, and I was like, I did this piece on this guy who was like a f- hardliner Jehovah's Witnesses guy who was just like kind of crazy, and <laughs> literally, like, Jehovah's Witnesses called up and were like, "Hey, we don't want him." <laughs> <laughs> like, just so you know, we're not all like this. That's funny, um, <laughs> but you know. Yeah, well, the, we, not our crimes is kind of that. It's like, what well, Stop saying that like these violent men are women, and that's what's going on with Nikki Secondino. There isn't like enough attention being paid to the trans identity, people think. Hmm, interesting. Nikki Secondino is, um,
0: well, she's a model,
1: right? So, Nikki Secondino, I don't know what the dead name would be. Nikki Secondino is trans, trans woman. Fashion, aspiring fashion model in New York. Killed her.
0: Her dad. Her her 61-year-old father.
1: And her sister?
0: He attempted to kill her sister, but her sister is just in the hospital with wounds.
1: And the police thought it was a couple of armed intruders, but then. Because that's what
0: Nikki told them. Right.
1: But then Nikki Secondino actually admitted. Yeah. Having made the whole thing up and said she 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 wanted wanted them dead. She wanted her family dead. Right. And the thing is, this story is being reported without any mention of Nikki Secondino being trans. And people are all pissed about that. The same reason, like the Not Our Crimes thing. Like, you know, if you look this up, here it is. Okay, so on NBC News, for example, or this is NBC Channel 4 New York or whatever this is. NBC New York, okay. Okay. Police said that a woman concocted a story about a violent home invasion in Brooklyn, which actually was a domestic incident in which a woman fatally stabbed her father and gravely wound her sister. Blah, blah, blah. The point is, woman, daughter, no mention of, you know, the fact that this is, in fact, a male. Anyway, that's pissing all kinds of people off, though, uh, because... Like, women, a lot of women are out there saying, like, here you go again. Like, like, and the first thing, when I read it, one thing about Nikki Secondino, too, is that she can pass uh, for, uh, for a woman. Um, well, that's what I disagree a lot with more, you. A lot on... more. I think she can pass okay. I'm not saying, like, I got the hots for her or anything.
0: No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if you're comparing her to the McLaughlin um, person... I think that that's just a thing of age. Every single picture you just thought it was I've an seen, old woman.
1: Of, yeah, so you thought her. Yeah, okay, I see what you mean. I don't know. To me, that looks, you know, you, you know, to me, it's not really the relevant thing here, I guess. But to me, it's. I'm just saying. To me, like when I look at Amber McLaughlin, that very really clearly looks like, you know, like a 60 year old man with a wig on, or just with long hair and a little bit of makeup on. You know, um, uh, Nikki Secondino con- conceivably could be a woman, 22 years old. Uh, more delicate cheekbones who knows whatever it's it's probably just age you're right um and but you know i when i first looked at it i didn't there's there's no there's no reference to nikki secondino being trans Mm -hmm. so i just see a video of a woman coming out handcuffed and my only reaction to it was wow this looks like that chick is bad news. That's some arrogant. Look at that face. Because the, the, her face is just like this smirk. It's great. You just murdered your 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 father, and tried to murder your sister, and you're basically just smirking like some stuck up bitch who's like going to a photo shoot. You know? Yeah. This crazy. the smirk That's is what I very thought. creepy. The, the smirk, smirk is, is creepy,
0: and ever. the um the comments that she made about how she wanted her father to be dead. And they interviewed a neighbor, and they were like, "We're not surprised that this happened." Like. <laughs>
1: beyond creepy yeah yeah uh you know but the point is like i you know i wouldn't have known it was a man and then i'm like try really like when i see the trans so then i mean i had to look close and then re- once i really start looking then i'm going okay i guess i can see it now but you could have fooled me at first mm-hmm. and that's the point is that the other thing that i thought besides wow this is this chick is bad news is like it's changing a little bit of my Gender expectations. Now I'm going like, wow, emer- this is unusual. Like, cause it is a lot more usual for men to do this. So this woman, that's a little different for a woman. Oh, it's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. It's not a biological female, you know? And that's, that's the thing. So there's, I guess it's this question it brings us to. When do we need to acknowledge your trans identity? When, when, when is your transness supposed to be acknowledged? Yeah. Because the rules right now are that your transness must be acknowledged when it is advantageous for you or the LGBTQ community. And your transness must not be acknowledged when it is disadvantaged. And of course, as we all know, that is just a bunch of bullshit. When are we supposed to acknowledge this transness? When are we not? What are the fucking rules? to report Nikki Secondino with no mention of being trans. And, you know, a lot of people out there would just not even know that and just think mm-hmm. like, well, I heard about this woman. You know, no women murder people. Just This just happened the other day. A woman murdered uh, her father. You know, can you imagine such a thing? I just kind of want to leave it as an open question, you know? I mean, like, because th- these cases uh, kind of bring that to the to to the front you know they bring it to the table like what, what when is it when you're dealing when you're reporting when a trans person murders their family or a trans person is murdered do we mention that they're trans or do we just afford them the dignity of just of just reporting their 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 their, their current identity right. and of course a lot of people out there would would say the latter. You know, you think that like they you would have want no right to, to dead name Amber McLaughlin. You have no right to report. We're not
0: deadnaming them; just saying the transgender female. Or but like something. a lot
1: of people would say, it's that shouldn't be relevant. You shouldn't put that in there.
0: But you'd think that the trans a trans person would want that to be in there. Well, they apparently it's part did. Of their identity.
1: They apparently did because their person is being executed. But then when it comes to Nikki Secondino, it's not in there, and nobody seems to want it in there. Don't, if you mention the trans thing when the person is murdering somebody, then you're being like transphobic potentially. But if you mention the trans person for a person who just got executed, because now they're kind of like a victim because they just got executed. This is like a right. simple sheepish level that the normal human brain is working on. Sheeple. It's the sheeple, the sheeple brain. Yeah, exactly. So, so I guess that's the question, you know? Um, can somebody tell me what the rules are?
0: <laughs> I don't think that they even... I don't think there are rules. It just depends on the day. What's in and what's out.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, if you look up Cheryl Crow, uh, her tweet from four days ago was, uh, Please, Missouri Governor Mike Parson, consider life in prison rather than death for Amber McLaughlin. A jury could not agree to kill her, so why are you doing this? Please pray that God touches Governor Parson's heart with compassion. That's actually a point we should bring up, is um, the jury did not sentence Scott McLaughlin to death. The jury deadlocked, so the judge sentenced him to death. Mm-hmm. And Missouri is one of like only a few states where the judge can actually do that. So I get like Sheryl Crow... If her request here is based on the fact that, you know, a jury didn't make this decision, I didn't really give a shit because a jury is a fucking joke anyway, you know? I mean, that's why our our whole justice system is just a joke. Like, can you imagine? Jesus Christ, your life is in the hands of, like, 12 fucking idiots. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't think of 12 people that I've known in my entire life that I would want to put together in one room to, to... Decide somebody's life or death. Jury anybody's. of your
0: peers.
1: Oh my god!
0: <laughs> Pick some people I just from Blacksburg. I birth. just
1: think he's guilty. I don't know what it is, but I just think he is. Well, that's not enough to kill somebody. Well, I don't know. I just you can tell. You can tell he's guilty.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How? Ah, some fucked up with a smile. I don't know. He looks, he looks sketchy. <laughs> you know? Jesus. I mean, like I remember sitting in. I remember sitting in a bar like like from twenty years ago or whatever when Baby Bush was president. You know, during like like oh my god, it was like during the whole like Iraq thing and you know, after nine eleven and there were these two these two uh, guys, you know, like drinking buds sitting at the bar, and I was just walking past their table and I heard I just heard Bush was on TV and they were watching that and one of them goes like, Well, whatever else you want to say about Bush, and this is how they talk to the rednecks of Southwest Virginia, and he goes, At least you know he's honest. Mm-hmm. At least you know he's honest. I think whatever else you want to say about Bush, one thing you do know is that he was definitely not honest about a lot of shit. Why did they think this? Because they had just seen, like, like what, like a photo op where they show him out there fishing, and he looks like one of the good old boys or something. Like, you know, if we just vote for people because like, we think they look honest because they have, like, a fucking blue tie on yeah. or something. You know? We just, or because they're handsome. I mean, you read like a psychology textbook, like whether they're handsome and tall. So I just like they seem to be a leader because they're tall. They're good looking or whatever. They have good teeth, you know, and then they seem sketchy because they have like a mole or something like, you know, this is like I don't want a fucking jury deciding people's life and death based on like whether they have a mole or whether they're tall or what color their fucking tie is. Mm. Jesus, you know, <laughs> That's why our, our, our system just doesn't work. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that was uh, that was Cheryl um, Crow's um, quote there, and
0: <laughs> I have been always anti-death penalty from the minute that I mean before this, but when I was in high school, I had to take this English class, and it was taught by the guy who does speech and debate at my high school, and he was so obsessed with speech and debate that he made it part of the english curriculum even though it wasn't Hmm. and so we were we had to like draw straws to see who would get pro and con and i got pro death penalty and in order to pass this class i had to stand up there and give this whole speech about how they should (laughs) have the death penalty and it was the most painful thing i've ever done in my entire life
1: yeah uh capital punishment is a very interesting uh, theme i read all about um this uh the last the last inmate that was killed by firing squad yeah yeah that's pretty famous and um fascinating the way they do it it's so morally repugnant it's like uh you know it's like an apocalypse now right like like we cut them to pieces with a machine gun and then we give them a band-aid so we feel better about ourselves you know that's like what we do right and like capital punishment the idea of like keeping somebody in prison for years and years and years in this humanitarian thing it's not humanitarian it's the cruelest thing you can think of i mean to just sit there and just dread the certainty of your death with knowing the minute that you're going it's to insane. die it's insane far far more humane to do it the old school way you know like in a military like in a like in a uh, court martial you know you're found guilty you know firing squad at dawn the next day and it's 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 horrible you know but like, okay, you have tonight, write your letters, say your prayers, whatever you need to do, we're going to fucking shoot you in the morning. Not we're going to sit around for 13 years and count this down. You know, it's just insane. But but like the firing squad, the the kind of hypocrisy is just so revolting. You know, the way they do it, is it's not like you know you you pick you you hear firing squad you picture like somebody up against like a wall or so you know so somebody up against like you know tied to a post or something with a blindfold you know that old thing but of course you know that would be much cooler at least there's some romance in that you know or just <laughs> but don't... the way the way they do it is they put you in like they strap you to a chair in some center block room with sandbags all around you and a fucking black hood over your head so that the people who are shooting you don't have to see your eyes, which is fucked up, you know? And then the people who are shooting you, there's like six people with thirty out 6 rifles with like one bullet in one of the guns. All six have a bullet, but only one of them is live. So nobody knows whether they killed you or not, which is also fucked up. Like, so you get to, you're you're killing this person, but here's so you don't have to feel as bad about it. No. Like, you should have to deal with that. If you're going to fucking kill somebody, then you should have to feel what that is.
0: Yeah. Like you know? the people who, who do any sort of other kind of execution, they are like one of, like, it's, there's one person who does the needle or does it's the IV so or whatever it so is, amazing. like turns the switch on.
1: And the, the guys, the you know, the guys with the rifles doing the shooting, they're like behind a wall. Just the you know, the the the, the, the barrel is 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 pointing through this this wall. Like they, they can't really see anything that's going on. They're literally just looking through a wall, looking at a target. That's strapped to this guy's chest. They're it's just insane. sitting there it's... looking at a target. They can't even see a person. They're pulling a trigger, and they don't. And they and they and they know there's only one in six chance that this is actually they're the ones that's going to kill the person. So you're murdering somebody, but you don't have to feel like you murdered them. That is the, like about the most disgusting thing I've ever heard. It seems so much more. It seems like that that is our definition in this like dystopian fucking nightmare that we live in. It's, that's our definition of like. That's what seems civilized.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That seems civilized to us, and it's barbaric. It would be much less barbaric to just walk up with a straight razor and slit somebody's throat. I mean, that seems so much more barbaric, but at least it's honest.